Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by Tell Me Studios for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm Fraser McGrewer and I'm here with Nick Hare and Peter Coghill of Aleph Insights. And this week we're discussing um, how long a podcast should be. So, starting with you, Peter, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this. Can you tell me how long a podcast should be? Well, making reference to the only podcast I've ever been involved in, which is this one, um, we, we we sort of hit upon uh, a, a length of about 15 to 20 minutes because um, we, we sort of felt that that would be a sensible amount of time to cover an interesting thing and, and meander around this uh, and cover it with a decent interesting amount of depth without being so long that we lose people and turn people off and I, I think we hit upon that from a sort of almost empirical um, uh, empirical data-based approach where discussions and conversations we've had throughout our lives the best ones tend to you tend to have a beginning and you get some sort of resolution and they're probably not much more than half an hour otherwise you tend to get lost and try to cover too much so i think that's sort of um uh how we approached how we approached it and how we hit it on sort of 20 minutes um it, but it also might be influenced by conventions so radio programs podcasts tv programs are often half an hour in length and then if you discount any um uh, commercial breaks um then or, or the introduction and outro you tend to get about 25 minutes worth of airtime so it might just be a, it might be convention driven as much as anything else uh okay well i'd be interested to know uh, to hear about we've already talked about this but off air um but any feedback that you've had from our audience but also i actually think the reasons why our podcast started out with being a target of around 15 minutes they're now in the 20 minute area um, and the reason why is, I can't remember who, I know the imp- from my side, I said, look, I think for a new podcast, it should be 15 minutes. This is the advice I've had from someone because otherwise you're asking your audience to invest too much in you and it, you might lose them. Okay. But actually, I think the topics that we discuss are not necessarily suited to 15 minutes or 20 minutes. I think the topics that we discuss are actually probably more suited to 45 minutes, something like, you know, in that kind of area. So, Nick, what what, what have people said to you about our podcast and about well, length? Well, yeah, the, the feedback, the, the, the only feedback I've had about length has been um, that they should That's be longer. podcasts, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Is that they should be longer. <laughs> and um, No, just and, podcasts, uh, please. And uh, the, but I think I think we, you know, here you come up against, you know, there's there's supply effects, there's demand effects, and um, you know, there's questions about what you're trying to achieve. Uh, but I think this comes down to this sort of general, just to widen widen the question a bit, is not so much how long is a podcast, but how how big is an idea? I mean, how how much do you need? How much time do you need to to talk about something? And um, I think here you you see in almost every form of expression, whether it's technical writing, whether it's you know a f- the structure of a film, um, is is a, a scalability, so that things will scale up or down. Um, 
so that if you look at uh, a book, it will be split into chapters and the chapters are split into paragraphs and the paragraphs are split into sentences. And and uh, with some differences, but in general, those things tend to have the same structure, you know, that there is a theme, uh, which in the case of a chapter will be a sort of bigger overarching theme. And then within within each paragraph, there'll be sort of a point and and it just feels right. And I think with this podcast, we could, you know, we could go um, into a lot more detail Um or we could cover things in about a minute, you know, in the same way they do in uh, a news story on on the news. Um, we, we, you know, we, we've chosen this as being about right. It's in the Goldilocks zone um, of being not too much detail. It gives us a chance to cover some bigger themes and a bit of detail, um, but doesn't require. I mean, I think partly we, we probably haven't got time to do the research that would be necessary to to do a, a, a very long detailed. Uh, podcast so there's, there's you know there's it's it's a choice it's not it's not that there is it's the ideal length uh but it, but it's it's the ideal length for what we're trying to achieve okay. um and we could make it longer we could make it shorter so in theory <laughs> something you 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 got onto there as you say we're winding it it really cause what what we really want to ask you here is how big's an idea okay and you started saying that well actually when we look into whether it be books or TV programs or whatever, they, things tend to follow a certain uh, pattern. But this shouldn't really be of a surprise to us. It reminds me of this of, the, of a quote about uh, God, I think, which is, if you want to know the nature of... Uh, if you want to know the mind of God, look at the universe. I think it's something like that. If you want to know the mind of man, um, look, at, look at religion, okay? Um, which, well, it's the same thing there. It's not surprising that all these outputs are from human beings. Uh, human beings like things in a certain way. We tend to sort of organise things in a certain way, react to things in a certain way. So, yeah, but I suppose the question is, what, what is, why, why have we zeroed in on about this amount of time? You know, it's, it sort of seems that you look at anything from the lessons you go to school to TV programmes, uh, you know, to this podcast. They're about somewhere between sort of ten minutes and an hour. You know, they're, they're sort of in, they're in that order of magnitude. They're not one second long. And they're never they're never sort of you know four days long. It, so it's we're we're dealing with that sort of chunk, which seems about right. And the and and so the question is, okay, first of all, there there are obvious technological constraints. So there's only so you know a book can only be a certain size before it falls apart under its own weight. Um, you, you can know, have film, two volumes. As, as you traditionally, things like um, a film was limited by the amount of physical amount of film you know you could kind of carry around the stick in a projector and um and uh the length of um records was determined by the physical size of a of a single you know there are these sorts of technological constraints but you know those technologies have been invented by us for a reason and it's that those though you know that is uh, in some sense about right and so the question is is it that there are cognitive constraints are we is it actually that there is a certain amount we can kind of understand at once and if we try to go into more detail if you try and have more storylines uh you know if you try to make the story more complex or if you try to make the argument too complex it's just that we can't follow it okay so you've just asked a question you, you said the question is are there cognitive constraints um peter answer the question I don't know. I, I think there there might well be, but I think the the reason that that radio shows being half an hour, books being of around twenty to forty thousand words, um, are, scientific articles being a few hundred words. I think they are more driven by convention rather than any l- cognitive limiting factor. I think they that that um, people people want people who read 
who read novels regularly, they want a novel to be a, 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 of a similar size. The people who manif- the, the print the publishers who print the mod- uh, novels want them to be of a sort of similar size because that's what they're used to. That's what they're set up to produce. Um, but hang on, I mean, there are, are you saying that there might be cultures out there somewhere where their works of fiction are sort of four seconds long or or five weeks long? To I think recite? there are. I mean, I don't I think there I, are. Don't, I find that quite implausible. There are forms of fiction that do have that they just happen to be less popular for one reason or another um the, but 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 i think the 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 digital world um removes many of these artificial constraints so uh, we can write blog posts now that could be any length um mm. so we we're not constrained by that anymore so do you think it's just convention i think it's mainly convention mainly convention convention yeah i think it's mainly convention but i disagree but i mean hold on i'll talk about why i disagree in a second but Actually, it reminds me of, I don't know if any of you, either of you are Kindle users. Um, I'm not a Kindle user, but I have read ebooks on an iPad. And actually, I remember reading a novel, actually, I think it was, actually, I think it was uh, Alex Ferguson's uh, autobiography. And one of the things that frustrated me about it, I found quite unnatural, is I didn't know, I wasn't really sure when it was going to finish. Mm. Um, and I sort of did, because you can look in the chapter, you can see where you are, and so you can see, okay, there's 10 chapters. But I, what I found slightly uh, disquieting is that I didn't have my little fold in the book. and I, Or actually, I didn't have the book itself that immediately told me how long that book is, right? Um, that's no, that's not just you as well. That's one, uh, been something that actually people have um, who've studied Kindle use have discovered that actually people have less their recall for what they've read is is lower, and partly that seems to be because and I know this is true for me. If I'm asked to find something in a book, I kind of know roughly where it was. I know where it was, and I remember that in physical yeah. terms, whereabouts in pay. You on can the also page. remember which, yeah. Uh, Sorry, yeah, I well, that's, no, that, that's but that that is a that's a robust finding. This is something to do with the physicality, um, which which affects the way we actually receive the information. But I mean, so we went on a sort of slightly sidetracked there. So, like I, said, I was taking issue with what you said, Peter, about you think it's mainly to do with convention. I, I there's something about me. I just think there's something innate that, um, you know, if I let's say I want to let's say a short story, for example. Now, let me put it in a different way. Let's say I'm telling my children a story at night, which I sometimes do, and I, I make up a story for them. Um, I have an idea of, in my head, how long I think that should be, which is about five, maybe ten minutes. And they probably have that idea now, but you could say because of convention. Um, but why would I want it to be five seconds? Why would I want it to be... I don't, I don't feel there's any conventions that are constraining me there. Well, maybe there are, but you just don't spot them. I think maybe if you had set out, so all right, all bedtime stories are going to be at least twenty minutes, and you could make that work because you had the time, then then that would be the convention, and you could fill that time. You just have a more detailed story with with more no. adventures in it. No, because I wouldn't want a twenty minute story because I'm knackered. The kids uh, want to go to bed. It's I think it fits nicely with human behavior. Yeah, and I, th- is... I think we I, I do I, I I'm with you, Fraser. I don't I'm I'm there's something beneath this. It isn't I can't I can't see how it could be just convention. I mean, there are obvious cognitive limitations to what we can take in. If you look at um. If you look at the very sort of smallest unit, I suppose, of expression, which of written expression, which would be a sentence, our, our verbs go up to sort of ditransitive, more or less. So you can have a sentence like um, Theresa May made Boris Johnson the foreign secretary. And uh, verbs, we don't have verbs that are, that, that are more complex. And there's no reason we shouldn't. We could have verbs with, you know, 25 um, uh, subjects and objects, uh, and it, but we don't. 
There is a sort of limit to how much we can hold in our short-term memory to receive a thought. And, um, you, you know, there's, there really isn't, there isn't any logical reason we can't uh, take in bigger ones. It's just, it's just a, you know, a, a limitation with the, the amount of, the, with, the, with our software, the way that our kind of language software works. Um, and it's actually there is sort of interest. There is an interesting category of sentences called garden path sentences, mm. where our brains have to work. You can feel them working because they don't. The sentences sort of don't work uh, in the way that they look like they're going to. So one example is um, the old man, the boat. Now, right. yeah, you hear that and you, you're thinking of an old man, and then you realise what it means is the old man, the boat. So it's the, it's the the old people are the ones manning the boat. Um, the 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 man who whistles tunes pianos is another one, uh, and uh, fat people eat accumulates. Weird sentence, right? And then you realise, oh, it's the fat that people eat accumulates, you know, on their bodies or whatever. Okay. The, these you can so this is your cognitive software working to try and resolve what a sentence means. Which just pinpoints the fact that there are these limitations. There are limitations to what we can take in. You can, you know, very complex sentences would just be impossible for us to pass. Now, scale that up into paragraphs, scale it up into chapters. You know, there's only so much we can we can hold in our heads. Because my feeling is that to talk about this really in depth, we need an evolutionary biologist here or something like that, or an evolutionary psychologist, if such a thing exists. Um, that That's, like I say, that's... That's the how I see this, um, Peter. Um, I think. Well, just picking up something that Nick mentioned was this, the sentence being a sort of smallest atom of of uh, of, a, of a, an idea or a concept. So it's it's that that structure is used in um, semantic computing to 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 record the meaning and the relationship between things in 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 software. Uh, and they, so they're often referred to as triples, uh, and that's that can that, that is comprised of a subject, a predicate, and an object. So the simplest possible sentence, linking two concepts with something that tells you what their relationship is. So an example would be a cat is a mammal, where the mammal and the cat are the two, the the objects and subjects, and the the is a is the relationship that tells you that one is a is is a subset of the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that. That is, I think, about the smallest you can possibly make a concept. That that is the concept in itself that a cat is a mammal. Uh, now you're referring to two other concepts, which may need, uh, if you're ta- if you're explaining to a complete naive uh, uh, audience what a cat is, what a anim- what a mammal is, and what is a actually means. But that sort of um, that relies on a lot of uh, on knowledge that isn't there in that concept so i think the 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 smallest atom of an idea is is a really simple relationship like that i think the what a sentence does um which words by themselves don't do is it commits you to something so a sentence is a sort of commitment that something's the case um you know if if i just say cat it doesn't you know it sort of refers to cats but it doesn't say anything about them um you know I, i in order to 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 fix some state of the world which i'm saying is the case uh, a sentence is, is, you know, is kind of saying, well, the cat is, that cat is green or the cat is on the mat or whatever is, is a commitment. Um, so that is where you get, OK, the world is this way. You know, and that's true in fiction as well as in factual statements. 
Okay. Um, so that's that's why you know and they be sentences do behave differently. Uh, obviously, I think that that why we're talking about that as a sort of the smallest unit is they behave differently to you know when you're linking paragraphs together. Uh, for example, there's no such thing as an ungrammatical sequence of paragraphs. Um, there there are sequences of paragraphs which perhaps are non sequiturs, but we wouldn't necessarily call them ungrammatical. I mean, I think this ties into discussions we've had about artificial intelligence and difficulties of replicating well no that it can only replicate human output it can't actually create something let's say or i know we've had even more involved discussions about whether it can create or not but it's this question of um you know uh, neanderthals versus homo sapiens the one of the issues i think is uh language and one of the things that makes humans special is 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 language and communication because it is it's actually you know so much more fundamental than than we realize and it's it's the result of such a complex um stuff going on underneath the hood kind of thing um what's my point my point is that um what what's my point nick well i'm i'm wondering you've just made me think about whether or not the constraint is language or whether the constraint is the concepts that we can hold that whether whether our language reflects the the complexity of the concepts that we can have um or or whether in some way you know we 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 can have very complex concepts but they're they're hard to express in language i sort of feel like intuitively obviously not being a linguist that we can probably hold more complex concepts than we're able to express uh simply but um but no it's just making me think about the um the, the sort of things like the three, the three act structure mm-hmm. in which recurs everywhere in fiction um you know, and it occurs in all. So it occurs over the course of. Um, it takes something like this, the Star Wars, the original Star Wars trilogy. The the three act structure can be seen at the level of the trilogy as being a story about Luke Skywalker. Um, but at the level of any individual film, it then becomes a separate story. Uh, but it's still there. The three act structure. You know, so the the yeah. the, the first one um, is uh, you know is also a story about Luke Skywalker but it's him attempting to achieve something slightly different and um, and then in a particular scene you would see that crop up and it even intriguingly it crops up in music as well that people actually like to have a three-act structure in well, music it- where you introduce a theme you play with it you do you go somewhere different and then you come back at the end and and um, well, this- I wonder if this is some sort of universal sense of you know what something ought ought yeah. to be like well that's the question whether it's a, an objective uh universal thing that's just part of the laws of the universe and it's it's it there's something naturally harmonic about it harmonious about it um or and or whether it's sort of human perceptions of that because there's actually you're probably familiar with um the rule of thirds okay in 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 a visual form yeah, are you you're familiar with this? I, uh, I probably when you explain what it is. Okay, so the rule of thirds is that, and it's something I use you know all the time in my work, which for photography and film, is that um, you place your subject or it's something quite pleasing and natural if you place your subject on on a third. So if you've got your oblong screen um, and you divide that, um, uh, you put two lines vertically, two lines horizontally, um, and that divides it up into your six box in one, two, three, four, six boxes. Oh, sorry, nine boxes. Um, and you can place your subject. So if I was interviewing you and framing you, I would place you over on the right or over on the left. Um, and you can break these rules. But it's, again, it's this third. So something seems to be innate about it. Um, uh, yeah, I, I th- and I wonder if, um, 
I mean, we did we touched on that before. I think when we were talking about seasons, you know, the 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 idea of the the right number of things to split something into. Um, and in the case of, I mean, in the case of the um, uh, thing, things like the uh, the three act structure, I wouldn't be surprised. Now, I've got no idea if this is true, but I wouldn't be surprised that um, if you look at people's neural activity while they're listening to someone tell them something, I, I would guess that there's a, that a lack of resolution. You know, um, a man walks into the bar. Uh, you know, the barman says, um, "You, what would you like to drink?" Uh, uh, then stopping there is probably probably generates a load of frustrated activity um, in our brains. Well, I frustrated thought... is a good word because something I like that we get in films and in books is there's a climax. Okay, mm. there's a natural climax, and I think that's that. Of course, there is because it reflects the climax that we all hopefully have regularly in our own lives. Okay, I think it's an it's a, it's a kind of natural orgasm. Okay, which is that. Is that if the film, let's say, um, let's say, okay, to use your Star Wars analogy, the in the third in the Return of the Jedi is uh, is is Luke goes and kills Darth Vader, his father, and then the film stops. Okay, no, you need that little bit afterwards. You know, you have that crescendo moment, and then you need the little bit afterwards, the sort of. The kind of ah, oh, after you know, you're you saying you're saying that every it's all about sex. It's a kind of Freudian interpretation <laughs> of. I sort of am, yeah, because I just yeah, and if you think how fundamental sex and reproduction is, and um, to continuing our genes and so on, then yeah, that's exactly what I'm I saying. I think at best we can label this a hypothesis. I don't think we can say it's confirmed. <laughs> I but I I think I think there must have, there is something. I I I don't know. I would tend probably to look at something more like the. Um, uh, this being more of an economic thing about a competition for resources and uh, that, that actually, um, you know, we have objectives all the time that we're attempting to achieve. And, you know, we, we sort of get our objectives. We, we find out how best to achieve them and then we achieve them. You know, that is uh, something we all ought to be doing all the time. Okay. And, and, and I kind of think that that is probably the origin of something like the three-act structure. Okay, so hopefully you're going to bring this... We need to wrap up. Hopefully yeah. you're going to bring us right back around to where we need to be, Peter. Well, I think it's probably more innate, i.e. A, a, a function of our brains and how they're made, rather than naturally a thing to do with how the universe is set up, because it's it's it, you can't you can't remove the, the human from this process of interpreting things. So I think um, I, 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 that, that's... That, that's to answer the part of your question earlier, I think that's okay. It's, it's really to do with our brains, um, but I think the 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 desire for some closure and yeah. rounding things off, yeah, it, it might relate to the way that we learn things. So we we want we we are scared, frightened, hungry creatures in in this big scary world, and we we struggle all the time to try to make sense of the place and to develop. Um, things that uh, help that develop sort of heuristics for helping us predict what might happen next and so if you have a if you have a situation where you're potentially for learning something so start the introduction to the story like man walks into a bar okay this is about a bar and a man i might learn something from this and ask uh, the barman asks him what he wants to drink but then you will not give a resolution mm. that sort of opportunity for learning is kind of snatched away from you and then then you have to either fill it in yourself mm. from your own knowledge um, uh, or or, um, or seek other information, so you kind of feel like you're losing out on something. I mean, I like that as an alternative explanation. That is because we're learning creatures. We want, to, yeah, and yeah, I like that. 
and we seek resolution. And what I like even more is I persuaded you to my point of view, which is all this stuff is innate rather than convention. <laughs> so thank I, you. I, I think, but I think what I was saying is that a large part of the stuff that we read, that we read um, is largely driven by convention. No, 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 no. This is the opposite. And supply and demand no, no, is swayed no. by what we no, used to. No, no, no. Inter- interestingly, though, I, I well, quick, dug out, I dug interesting, out, but quick. Go on. I, I, just sort of, and I, if if you say that if you draw an analogy between a Wikipedia article and yeah. a concept, and they gen- they have quite high editorial sort of rules and things. So, yeah. um, an article should pretty much explain everything that you need about a concept. There's a very interesting sort of there's a quite a, uh, a tight distribution of the number of words and the the uh the number of words of a wikipedia article is, is on average about 300 um, and that has not changed very much throughout the entire life of wikipedia whereas mm. other things that are important wikipedia have like the revisions per article and uh the number of overall articles mm-hmm. so in, i mean maybe wikipedia is showing us in english uh that a, a concept should be around 300 words to adequately explain it for for a uh, a, a novice reader. Okay, so th- we have answered the question in a, in rather fittingly in in this sort of sense of concluding something and rounding something out. We have had our we've had our sort of moment of crescendo and climax, and uh, we've we've come to a conclusion. Which the answer is how big's an idea? The answer is three hundred words. So thank you, Peter Coghill. Um Time for a cigarette. <laughs> time for a cigarette. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and on that note, um, I'm going to go off and look up what ditransitive means um, in the dictionary. Um, and yeah, we'll wrap up there. Uh, thank you, chaps. You've been listening to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast. I'm Fraser McGrew, um, and with Nick Hare and Peter Coghill. Um, I, do you, interestingly, oh. I am going to look up what ditransitive means in a dictionary. Is it is itself using a ditransitive verb? So you know, yeah. I, I'm, I'm ecstatic <laughs> that you told me that. Thank you. That's really yeah, wonderful. Thank you for listening to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast. Until next time, goodbye. Mm-hmm.